Welcome to Headliners, the podcast. This is the paper review that won't put you to sleep. You can catch us live every night from 11 on GB News with a panel of top-notch comedians going through the biggest stories hitting the next day's papers. But don't worry, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Headliners. Hello again and welcome to Headliners. I'm Simon Evans. Joining me tonight, the wonderful, kind, insightful ray of sunshine. That is Sajila Kershi and Leo Kuss. That, I, I'm think, in that ray then. You are in the ray. I always think of you as the McNamara and McNamee of... Uh, the McNamara and McNamee. What, what is be a short red tin you've got? What? That was, a, uh, that was a, a men's, a regular men's doubles team in the Wimbledon uh, <laughs> men's doubles. They, they were called with... McNamara and McNamee. It was a pure coincidence, but they, were, they lasted for about 20 years. They played with wooden rackets. Yes, back in those <laughs> days. I always loved that. The Kershey and Kersey and Kersey. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What's black and white and red all over? It's perfect for the newspapers as well. I'm going to insist on that every night. Anyway, we have the headlines to get through and then we will dig into them. The Daily Mail leads us off tonight with Mordant under the microscope. Uh, she looks as if she is uh, struggling slightly there with her, the level of uh, 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 speculation that is going on around uh, particularly her views on the trans issue, which is considered to be of some consequence in the coming general election. The Telegraph goes with Frost urges Badenoch to stand down for trust. Uh, David Frost, of course, uh, erstwhile uh, negotiated with the EU, didn't exactly cover himself in glory, but it's still thought to be worth listening to on this issue. The Independent leads with lies and black ops. Tory campaign turns nasty. And there's a photograph there of a turned over buggy, which I suppose is possibly supposed to be uh, emblematic of the way that things are turning nasty. I don't know. The Guardian leads with jail water firm, uh, jail water firm bosses over pollution, says Watchdog. Uh, a bit of an outlier there. And a photograph of a young Briton, Mr. Pidcock, is doing well in the Tour de France. Let's wish him well. The Financial Times leads with Morgan Stanley and J.P. Morgan. Results set grim tone for Walsh. Emirates slams Heathrow decision to cap passenger flights as Armageddon. That was waiting to happen, wasn't it, sooner or later? The Mirror uh, leads with summer meltdown, red hot alert. A&E doctors fear for a 40-degree surge. Europe blaze hell in 49 degrees. That is absurdly hot for Europe, certainly. The Times leads with boost for trust in bitter struggle with Mordant. A photograph of her there, red on blue background with a little bit of white in the corner. She is living Union Jack. And Friday's Metro leads with pennies in heaven. Mordant edges further ahead of trust in the race to be our next prime minister. Those are the front pages. Let's have a look and see what's inside. So we begin with Friday's Times and the Tory leadership contest is, well, it says reaching a rather messy climax, Leo, but I think it's probably got a while to go yet. Well, what's the latest news? I'd, I'd describe it as fever pitch rather than a messy 
climax, because messy climax sounds filthy, uh, not something you'd find in the Conservative Party. So Attorney General Suella Braverman has been knocked out of the contest to become the Tory leader uh, after coming last uh, in the second round of voting by Conservative MPs. Uh, and she's come out in support of Liz Truss, uh, which apparently um, surprised and disappointed Kemi Badenoch, who's another leadership rival, uh, who was disappointed. Obviously, at this point, people are angling for perhaps future cabinet positions or you know, going for who they think is, is going to win. Um, and yeah, so uh, Badenoch and Suella are, are friends. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, she backed... Liz Truss instead, but uh, <laughs> but I think I think I think the, I mean this is this it's turning into a sort of Squid Games. It's very much sort of uh, like it feels like Celebrity Big Brother or something. Everybody's backstabbing. There's all this revelation. Somebody really doesn't want Penny Mordaunt, who's one of the front runners at the moment, yeah. to to get anywhere. Uh, do you feel, do you feel that that's legitimate, or do you think it's the you're whipping that up a little bit? Do you think the Tories are actually fairly comfortable with who you? You would say that. I, I think I think yeah. it's a bit of whipping up going on. Yeah. I mean, Suella Braverman's been uh, you know voted off. And the search for Sir Alan's Tory party PM <laughs> continues. And I really want these guys to have the same sort of like, because uh, they're so backstabbing as well. It's just like The Apprentices, you know, yes. but they actually had better lines. I mean, I, I, I sort of got one. Guess who this might be? I'm going to throw Boris under the bus. I'm going to throw Rishi over the bus, <laughs> then get on the bus as my dad drives the bus. Oh, Who's well, that? That's, uh, that was, uh, was, was it Sajid Javid? Sajid Javid, yeah. The, just, the, I just, the, the original quote was from uh, Apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm kind of the apprentice uh, quite well, things into I mean Braverman as or Braverman I oh, I can't help pronouncing it because it's like braver man than I and I just <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry I can't see these names without seeing that but um she was like a really surprise entrant anyway wasn't yeah. she? we haven't really got down into the meat of it yet we're still taking off yeah. flakes of like dry you know yeah she was she know, was bar. the first one to announce that she was running yeah. you know Boris you know was was still it was just, Boris had just left and she pretty much straight away announced under, that she was running under an interview with Peston wasn't it and i think he said some people will think you might be running and she said yes i am and you could see he's visibly shocked <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, I admire i admire her and kemi as well yeah. Yeah. because i think Actually, before initially I'd said, oh, I don't know, they're a bit inexperienced. Yeah. But actually, all the others, they've all got like back marks against them. Yeah, yeah. And I think maybe that fresh blood, and it is Absol and it is just an apprentice position, really, when you think about it. So they're not going to be for long. So I think they could, they, well, they, you know. I think they, it could be for 15 years. It, oh, wait, well, we I, first. Yeah, I don't think so. But I think it, it, it would, we could we could do with that right now, yeah, that, yeah. that energy. I don't, but I think it's a man race. I don't know about you, um, Leo. I think it's between Rishi, who they groomed until... Yeah. He let Boris down and all the dirt came out on him. And also, this, this um, I don't think Truss is the one. I think Truss is let us down when she did that. She did not talk like Putin down like she should have done. So I, don't, I can't trust her to leave no. the country. And I think it is going to be a two you man think race. Morgan, then? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I Kimmy think that'd be has been terrific. But it would be surprising if somebody came from outside of the cabinet. She is, she's very, very capable. And she is saying the things the Tories like to hear. But I think she's probably what, aiming for, like, you know, the truck. But I think, I think, I mean, the Conservatives right now should be thinking about how they're going to win the next election because it's only a couple of yeah. years away, so it's yeah. serious. And they need to maintain their position in the red wall. Uh, they need to have a candidate who can beat Labour. So, I mean, I think Rishi would be, you know, very difficult up against, up against Labour, whereas Kemi Badenoch would be mu much better. And also, that's going to galvanise the sort of Conservative yeah. vote with, you know, core Conservative issues on free speech, free markets... 
So Kemi is. I met her on uh, Monday, and she was absolutely. She spoke. She was absolutely yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I listen. A lot of people have said she would be the nightmare candidate from Keir Starmer's point of view. Well, yeah. I'd like Kemi to yeah. be in Labour. I would like her. I mean, she's a lot more dynamic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the kind of people that we should be attracting. Yeah. In Labour. Well, it's, that sounds ridiculous, but it's not really because she's mainly a social conservative of the kind that you know Labour have lost. Essentially, it's not clear-cut right and left as we know. Friday's Guardian now, and it turns out our head of state is above many of our laws. Who does she think she is? Oh, so um, the Queen's sweeping immunity from more than 160 laws. So she's got so much exemptions... Law since 1967. I had no idea about this. Um, but she, so she gets immunity from uh, lots of different laws, like ranging from animal, animal welfare to workers' rights. Uh, more than 30 laws are about, you know, oh, okay. being barred from. Sorry, it sounds like you've got microphone problems. I'm just going to have... let my learning colleagues... Let's, let's get, let, get Leo on this and you get yourself sorted out. Leo, what do you think about the Queen having immunity? No, I think, I think, I think this is... take advantage of it. It's I too think... late to tell her I feel sorry for her if, she, if they told her in her 80s. Yeah, no, I think, I think this is, this is kind of... It's kind of ridiculous that she's got... I mean, she's already the head of state and she gets all these... Uh, all these... All the money and palaces and all the rest of it. And yeah. I think right now as we're going into a cost-of-living crisis <laughs> and we've got... We've developed... Life's moved on. We've got, like other celebrities, some would say better celebrities. Uh, so, you know, do we, do we really need to be spending? Why don't we privatise the royal family? As a Conservative, as a free market Conservative, I'd love to privatise the royal family. But wouldn't but I say think I could... for her to have immunity from various... I mean, what, what exactly does she have? Well, um, I mean, you know, like, she, nobody can get onto her private properties like Balmoral and Sandringham. Right. Um, and then, just about saying this, there's two versions of the Queen. So there's Queen, the monarch... You know, Elizabeth II, right. uh, who serves as a head of state. And then there's Elizabeth, you know, who, who wins her. She's a bit who, like who's a private, yeah. yeah who's, you know, she's a, I mean, um, you know, there's loads of things that she can't do. And I was thinking, oh, actually, if she's got these private properties, that, you know, they have to ask her permission to come on. If any of her children were to have committed any kind of crimes... Which you know, may, you know, yeah. there were allegations. Yes, or allegations, you know, supposedly. Never really allegedly. made it through the court system. A well, lot yeah. of money was, was she, paid yeah. off. Shield. Then she could shield them. Right. Like like vampires can't go into churches. Right. So the, the feds can't go into, you know, any of her properties without her permission. So, so Bamar is a bit like a sanctuary city, you see. It is a bit of a sanctuary city. Uh, yeah. But I think the most controversial exemptions uh, ban on the Queen's are on the Queen's employees from them pursuing any sexual or racial discrimination complaints. Where did that rule come in? <laughs> so, yeah, no. So basically, uh, this practice preventing the Queen's employees from bringing any discrimination claims against her household dates back to the late 1960s. Right. So yeah. It probably needs a bit of updating. Um, when the courtiers told ministers that it was not, in fact, the practice to appoint coloured immigrants to all foreigners to clerical roles at the Royal Palace. So, of course, that's changed now, so they might need yeah. to change those laws as well. Yeah. But it's amazing that she can literally get away with... But that's fine for the Queen. I don't yeah. think she's going to do anything illegal. The point is, this is going to be handed on to, you know, it's to her son, right. Charles, who's you going to be the Charles future might Queen. Take yeah. And I think we may need to maybe... I don't know what you think, but I think we need to stop... Yeah. Like that power kind of coming down yeah. further down any generations. Yeah, absolutely. Because the queen. We've seen, I mean, it was fine when because uh, the queen obviously is an amazing monarch. Yeah. You know, has been uh, an incredible inspiration and asset to the country. But some of the other ones, not so much. No, <laughs> so no. I think, you know, we're seeing other people coming through that could but possibly you, abuse these rules. You can't make rules up that you then kind of go well for her, but not for Charles. Yeah. You know, but then bring it back in for William. That, yeah, that yeah, is the yeah. thing with monarchy, isn't it? It is the you know the office, not the man. Yeah. But the William William I think is actually trying to because he's trying to stop people from curtsing, so he's getting rid of all these things. Anyway. Yeah.
But they telegraph now, and Einstein said insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. At least he's credited with that remark. It seems RMT haven't come across this particular saying, however, Leah. No, so train drivers are to strike later this month after, you know, they, they struck recently. Uh, so they're going to cripple the railways for most of the first week of the summer holidays, which mm. is great. You know, just, yeah. uh, it's ridiculous. So as left... Uh, which isn't the, the lion from uh, Lion Witch in the Wardrobe. Uh, it's an uh, organisation that represents train drivers. will walk out on Saturday. Not going to get the train out. Uh, July the 30th in a row over their, their pay. Uh, so this will come less than 48 hours after action by the RMT. So, you know, you're going to have sort of back-to-bike back So they strikes. run the same trains between them. So the trains yeah. will be crippled by RMT and then by Aslev. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. They not at least cripple them on the same day. That would be something, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I guess it would be less disruptive. <laughs> or maybe they're yeah. seeing who's, who's more popular. I, I don't really understand why they're doing it on, on different days. But it seems, you know, very unfair to punish the nation when we're recovering from so many things. You know, there's not a lot of joy in the world right now and you know you can't fly on holiday because the baggage handlers are on strike yeah. uh, you can't drive because petrol's about you know five pounds a litre and, and it's going to be a heat wave as well with people stuck in their cars on motorways the ones that have decided to yeah. drive and they'll just be it's going to be absolutely yeah, it's going to be monstrous. a nightmare it's going to be straight back to the 70s so for balance i shall i shall support the strikers um, uh, because uh, you know I'm, i support the unions yeah. i'm annoyed by the tories because they haven't done anything about this and they're not they're not moving i, I don't like chaps I think he's not helping matters, and I'm annoyed by Labour because they're not support. They're not coming out to support, no. the, you know, the, the 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 unions, and they only exist because of the unions. So it's it's kind of uh, I'm annoyed by, and I'm also annoyed it's on the 30th. I'm doing Mark Dolan's show that night, and I'm going to end up <laughs> not getting a taxi, aren't I? <laughs> I <think laughs> Can you do it on the 29th, chance. please? You, you still I'll support them? <laughs> Friday's Financial Times now, and it's all up in the air at Heathrow. Sajila saying on the uh, Nightmare of Travel. Oh, right. So um, uh, Emirates slams Heathrow decision to limit flights as Airmageddon, as you, as you, uh, you know. Airmageddon. This is, this is Financial Times as well with their little, um, mm. little puns. Um, so basically they are um, uh, criticising London Heathrow's decision to limit their flights um, and saying that they were going to ignore this move uh, in a growing backlash from airlines against the airport's attempt to avert um, disruption. But what they're trying to do is trying to get less air, 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 air traffic and less... Yeah. You know, people, but they're just going to carry on. Emirates, I have to say, is is one of my favourite airlines because they've got an upstairsy bit mm. and it's bigger <laughs> and got more leg room. I know, it's, it's, I, I base my things on very, you know, sort of basic things. It's the what, when you fly first class? <laughs> Sorry, you got a first class, you abs. No, no, they've got first class, but you know, I can do a little bit of aerobics going up and down the stairs and sort of seeing how the other half lives. What on the plane? Yeah, on the, pla- on the plane, they've got like an upstairs bit, which I think is where the first class is. I didn't call yeah. it. I was say, you don't get to go up there to I, do your airport. I might have got, got a, a first class ticket. <laughs> they've got a rope. It's like, it's like, they've got a rope. It's they've like got a, a fancy rope. nightclub. They but I moved it. I moved the rope. And I just did, like, because you can get lots more exercise. Well, fair enough. Friday's FT once more, and a long winter of discontent may be approaching Europe, Leo. This sounds quite nasty, to be honest. Yeah, so looking ahead to, to the winter and how the war in Ukraine is going to affect and the, the energy yeah. crisis we're having at the moment. So the head of Shell, which is Europe's largest gas and oil company, said that the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, has shown he is able and willing to weaponize energy supplies and that a complete suspension of Russian gas exports to Europe could not be ruled out to punish Europe for supporting Ukraine and yeah. the war. So this this could really, I mean, this could have... Uh... We're supposed to be punishing Russia, aren't we, by not buying their gas? They, <laughs> yeah, well, they can't except, except we haven't. We've still been buying the gas. And even yeah. as this energy crisis has gone on, and yeah. you know, Putin has shown that we've, he's literally got us over a barrel of oil, yeah. we're not exploiting 
our own reserves of oil and gas because the, the Green Lobby has somehow convinced and hypnotised Tories who are supposed to be free market and, you know, pro-exploiting oil and gas. Somehow they've been hypnotised to not do it. So the Campbell oil field with Shell, the, the guy now complaining, uh, he, uh, Shell haven't developed it in the North Sea. Right. That could provide so much oil that would really help out not just Britain, but the, the rest of Europe. If they do that and now, help out Ukraine. If they're they not, the mind, if they change the mind, could they get it around turn They're around? not, because the, uh, because what the, the government do, has done is like introduce a windfall tax, so right. now they don't know if it's going to yeah, be yeah. you know viable because they could introduce another windfall it tax. It really does have that feeling, I mean, to just return to this, that it's like, you don't chuck me, I chuck you kind of situation with yeah. Russia. <laughs> and it's quite obvious who's actually getting all the pain. And Russia, meanwhile, yeah. their ruble is the only currency that has shot up against the dollar. Yeah. Every other, the euro has now got parity with the dollar. The pound is like is like falling against the dollar. Most of uh, like India, God knows, Sri Lankan's currency, you know, all the rest of it. The ruble is up by like 20% against the dollar. Yeah, they've got vast uh, currency reserves. They've got vast uh, reserves of uh, minerals and oil and energy yeah. and all the rest of it. That and everyone still And wants. still plenty of customers. And the more that, you know, oil and gas prices go up, yeah. The richer Putin gets. So all the war and any sanctions just help Putin eventually. But I, I don't understand. Why did we not preempt this before exactly. we let him go to war? Do you know what I mean? Why, why was none of this... It was. Do you not remember the famous clip of Donald Trump yeah. speaking to the people in Germany, kind of going, you're making a big mistake, uh, you know, putting all your eggs in the, in the Russian basket. They will, they will exploit this, uh, your, this degree to, of your... Uh, you know, your, your dependency on them. And they were literally laughing at him. Oh, listen yeah. to the silly old man. I mean, it's, it's honestly, if it was any other president, that clip would be on virtually nightly now. And all the net zero people uh, came and convinced all the Western leaders that, oh, we've got, what we've got to do is just stop producing oil and gas. We'll use Russian oil and gas because, yeah, yeah. you know, we can, we can just use that. And then Putin realised, well, I've, I've got all the power now. I'm afraid you're right. That's it for part one. Coming up after the break, we have Bill Gates trying to lose his fortune. A pill that loses all excess weight and GP surgery is trying to lose all their patients. We'll see you in a couple of minutes. And welcome back to Headliners. I'm Simon Evans. I'm joined by Sajila Kershi and Leo Kurse. And we have Friday's Independent now. Apparently Bill Gates wants to whittle away his immense wealth. Uh, 20 billion is a start, but he wants to get it down to zero before he cuts his clogs. Is that right? Gosh. You know, the problems of some people, eh? So Bill <laughs> Gates basically is vowing to drop off the world's rich list by giving money away, starting with 20 billion donation. He is the world's fourth richest man. Mm. Um, I want to know where's the other three? Why aren't they giving? Elon Musk. Well, Elon, Elon Musk, Musk he was going to give 40 billion for Twitter, but he's, he's given yeah. Twitter away now, isn't he? <laughs> well, um, yeah, he's he's basically saying he wants to be knocked off the world's list for altruistic reasons uh, because he, he wants to give uh, the uh, 122 billion to his charity foundation. Hmm. Um, uh, but starts so he'll still have some control over it at that point, won't he? I think. Yeah, he'll have control over it. It's, and it's not like you, you have... When you're that wealthy, it's not the same as what you or I would think, oh, can I afford this, can I afford that? He'll never be in that situation. No, he can have as many houses and cars as he ever wants. I mean, this is the thing, is how much money do you need to be comfortable? So but the, but what the point is, is how much money does he have that he can use to steer the fate of the world? That's what he's kind of throwing uh, well, things about, the, is and it? And that's what he's trying to do, is probably leaving a legacy, as most people do when they get older, think, what have I given back to the world? One way of looking at it, the other way of looking at it is he's a man who's being a bit too helpful. 
Yeah, I'm yeah. always a bit suspicious of men who want to, you know, come in and uh, like, oh, I'm uh, going to help it. Like, well, come on, he's, he's trying to sleep with It someone. was a big thing in the 19th century. <laughs> they had the uh, the big, the, the robber barons, as they were known. And Andrew Carnegie, Scotsman, as you probably know, who went to America, made a lot of money in the steel industry. He famously said, he who dies rich dies disgraced. His big theory was that you should spend the first half of your life accruing wealth and then give it all away. And, they, and he did. The Carnegie Hall is the most famous for their, their well, no, libraries and everything. But did no, he give it away, like, telling everybody, like, what... Yeah, yeah, what, they're all called oh, Carnegie oh, libraries oh, and things okay. like that. But now, they were... Well, now, proper, we, you know, now we spend the first half of our lives accruing debt yes, and the second exactly. half <laughs> trying to pay it off. And then so, passing on to our kids. Yeah. Yeah. But also, the, these charitable foundations, they're not... You know, it's not like it all just goes on, you know, nappies for blind children or whatever. No. It's, uh, you know... Know, they're uh, corporations yeah. and they, they steer policy. Yes. They can have, uh, even though you know they're charities, they can actually have uh, impacts that aren't beneficial. I so agree with you. Look, Philanthropy look is often zero. a way of sidestepping around things that other people have had a chance to vote on. And dodging taxes. Yeah, yeah. So, nevertheless, that's his plan. Uh, we'll see how he gets on with it. Friday's mail now, and this is uh, about the GP surgeries, uh, Leo, which uh, people are not happy, not able to get into, I think. Yeah, so half of sick British people haven't seen a GP in a year. This is this is crazy. So they, they did a major survey of 700,000 people uh, with their long-term health conditions. And they're saying this lack of access is a ticking time bomb that will lead to vital diagnoses being missed. Uh, and obviously, you know, when things are missed, problems can spiral and become become yeah. more, more of an issue. Uh, and the, the backlog, the NHS backlog for routine operations has grown from 6.4 million to 6.6 million in May. Uh, so one in eight people in England are now, are now waiting for elective care and they're, they're often in pain. And I think it's, it's led to a sort of two-tier health system where, you know, some people try and fight through all the, uh, the bureaucracy of tr actually trying to mm. be seen by an NHS GP because you've, you've got a phone between 8 a.m. and yeah, yeah. 8 to 1 a.m. Yeah. You know, there's no... Yeah. You're not treated as a customer, you're treated as a hindrance. And uh, so some people aren't doing that. They're just paying and seeing a private private doctor. Oh, so you think a lot of people are going private now? Is, yeah. there, is there any evidence that the private sector has seen a surgery as this your system? I've, I've gone private. I would say there I'm was not, a three-tier system. I'm not even rich. The evidence, I'm not building Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100% yeah. I suspect there's a three-tier system then. There's the people who go private, the ones who, like, battle on, and the ones who just give up and die early. You, know, like. <laughs> you give up and die early on the phone, waiting for an yeah. hour to yeah, get yeah. through to someone. You're 66 in the queue, yeah. and then when you get through to them, they'll say they've got no appointments, come tomorrow. And even post-surgery, you haven't got any post-surgery code, which uh, last year I had. Yeah. I couldn't even get painkillers. Yeah. And I'm going, please, please, can you just write me out some painkillers? Mm -hmm. Oh, you need to see the GP. Can you call yeah. tomorrow? It's just a nightmare. We are, I remember being 44 in the queue, and then by the time I actually spoke to somebody, I was 45. <laughs> <laughs> a year had gone by. Very good. Yes, we got it. Friday, <laughs> and an infuriating story about extreme bureaucratic pedantry. So, do you know? Oh, this really made me so angry. Um, so a, um, a disabled woman, she was fined £1,000 for using disabled parking space outside her flat because they said it's for visitors only. Mm. Now, the, she's a wheelchair user. She's, um, she suffered serious spinal injuries from a car accident when she was 17. Mm. And her name's Karis uh, Gemma. She's 34. And she can't park in her allocated space because there's a pillar that's blocking it. We've all parked in places where, yeah. you know, there's been a pillar. Is she allocated a special disabled place? Or yeah, yeah. So, she's, place? Uh, so that is supposed to be her space. Right. Because she can't get, she can't access. The whole first point of having an access, yeah, yeah. you know, is that she should be able to get in and out of her car. She can't. So she parks in this disabled bay in the, in the space. Yeah. And she's been fined um, several times. And instead of showing th sympathy, and she's absolutely, like, distraught. And actually, I know people who've also got parking tickets for 
not being disabled, but just the, you know, the, the callousness of local councils. And she, uh, she, you know, asked the county court to, like, get rid of these, you know, fines. They're saying, um, you know, that they're, they're basically, that they're going to have a meeting, the council are going to have a meeting about this, a board meeting, to discuss her issues, and they are very sympathetic, blah, blah, blah. And it's really disgusting because it's, it's you know, it, it, it is, she, it's a reasonable adjustment. So anyone who's got a disability are protected um, to, you know, like I have reasonable adjustments, like having a bigger print, you know, um, because I've got, you know, weird eyesight or hearing or whatever. That is a legality on mm. in any workspace or even like councils. That's what they should be. So they should wouldn't, be wouldn't giving the, her... The ob- obvious thing to do would be to reallocate a parking space that doesn't have a concrete yeah, pillar yes. in the way. It's like these, is everybody in this country an idiot? I know. Like this <laughs> this woman's an idiot for buying a flat with no parking space you get into. <laughs> no, The parking it. people are idiots for giving her that parking space and not yeah. letting her move to a different it parking like space. It seems that would be like, the most easy And the do. council... You know what the... You know what the I mean, so much red tape. It's like, untrue. Yo, yeah, and I, I, t- I totally agree with you that everybody that works in a local council should be fired. And they should be flogged. They should be publicly <laughs> flogged because they're all, they're just leeches Maybe on society. Maybe they should be concrete pillar you, and then you, bashed with a door. With oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Open. We can just get Vinnie Jones to slam their head in that door. But you know what they said? You know, new generation parking management, which sounds like a very positive name for somebody who just yeah. issues fines on, on people. They said, we want to make it clear if we allow one resident to utilise a disabled visitor space as their own, we would need to allow all the requests from residents which we have received over the years. It's like, yeah, well, Maybe you need to utilise the spaces well, for that. They, I mean, I can understand if they've got one visitor's disabled parking space, maybe that needs to be kept clear because maybe yeah. there are people... So if she's just using it all the time and she's permanently parked there, they've basically lost something that they thought they'd allocated. Just allocate another space. Yeah, just you know, change the just numbers. Change no, yeah. Just change the numbers. Just get a paint number six circles. or number eight. Like, oh God, have I got to do everything to these people? <laughs> it is really We should get GB News to fund a van. The, the FT once more, just before the break. Uh, this is a miracle drug, by the sound of it, the one we've all been waiting for, Leo. What's, what's going on here? Yeah, so this is a miracle drug that, uh, that uses a hormone to regulate hunger. It's right. called Wegovy. Wegovy? Wegov? Wegovy. Uh, it's by Danish. Oh, right. oh, it's Danish, that's right. It's by Danish drug, drug maker Novo Nordisk. Uh, I, think, I think I know him. He was, he was just making meth <laughs> at university. Novo Nordisk. But, uh, yeah, so they're making... It's a new generation of obesity treatments which use a hormone. And this is yeah. apparently... It doesn't have the, the side effects that... You know, we've had miracle obesity drugs through the ages. In the 50s, people used amphetamines, amphetamines to, yeah. to lose weight, but obviously they've got incredible side effects. Yeah. Uh, you know, worms. you get addicted to worms. Some of the best side worms. effects you'll ever... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 I mean... <laughs> Some people want the side effects. You know? <laughs> but, yeah, so uh, they did a study and uh, the, the participants lost, on average, 15% of their, their body weight. Uh, and nearly a third of them lost as much as they would after weight loss surgery, which is the, wow, the only yeah. sort of permanent the way of, of standard, doing a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. So Can this I really just... could work then, possibly. I mean, I, I don't know. It's, you, there's been a lot of sort of false alarms over this kind of stuff that, that, that we can tweak. Do you remember you know... Sam, Sam Fox? Oh, yeah. So, like, so years ago... <laughs> Obviously, what the the, the so, pastry model? Yeah, pastry yeah. model. So um, she endorsed these diet pills. This is so terrible. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I bought them, and they were called. <laughs> that's that why I tried tea? to. Uh, Gummeroy. They were called Gummeroy. Okay. Um, and they didn't work. They just made me really, really sick. And it turns out that backwards, it was spelling "you're a mug." 
Uh, I, I thought this is a true story. Uh, <laughs> Sam Fox, if you're watching, please get in touch with me. So you're trying to work out what wig of Eve goes yeah, so I'm backwards. I'll put it backwards, but it just says you. I think it might work, though. I think they are going to work out how to hack in. The weird thing about obesity is obviously everyone has their own independent story, but there is an extraordinary worldwide pandemic of it, and we have no understanding really yet. It's the most intractable problem because they keep coming, oh, it's this, it's because people sit around too much or it's because convenience. None of that stuff really maps or makes any sense. It's no, it doesn't come it's on. Diet and I've, never, I've, never met an, I've never met an obese person who uh, eats healthily and gets up every day for a run at six. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, it's all maybe. like you. Like, go exercise more and eat less cakes, and then you'll lose weight. It's not <laughs> rocket science. It's like the parking people. Apparently, it is rocket science. I mean, that's you know, that's a, it's a high, it's a high scientific. Well, we won't be able to send rockets into space the yeah. way obesity is going. Be it's some sort of astronauts. salad science, anyway. Uh, Sajila, this is our final story for this segment. Uh, Friday's Guardian, oh, um, and apparently, Ellen White is one goal away from Rooney's record. Uh, but trolls are not happy with this assertion. Yeah, but she's not very happy with about being in the spotlight, bless her. So she's, um, as the lioness is a record goal sco- goalkeeper, or goal scorer, rather. Goal scorer, yeah. Uh, yeah this that is, really this would is be so, I'm so not into football. <laughs> uh, goal scorer. Um, it's become impossible for her to avoid the headlines, obviously, because she's doing so well. Um, and well, she's avoided my headlines after saying <laughs> <laughs> well, Maybe this, that will ease her burden. This is the, this is the Guardian <laughs> sports section, so yeah, uh, yeah, probably not your... Yeah. Well, you know, she's, doing, she's doing well, uh, and they've like compared her to Rooney, Sir Bobby Charlton, Gary Lineker, Harry Kane-Smith, um, and she's being, basically she's really humble. It's like uh, the difference between a, a male comedian when he gets off stage yeah. and a female comedian when they get off stage. I just well, have to yeah, pick up. It's, it's Harry better. Kane uh, that they've compared her to and then another player called Smith. No, they, re- they compared another, her to Harry Rooney Kane, as well. Another, see, yeah, exactly, no, I rest my there, case, There was a little Lord, list there when he went you Harry just Kane Smith. You had to mansplain to me. Do you see what I mean? He had to mansplain because he had yeah, to be so the they, male comedian. So they say... He's funnier. So they say that... They say that she's one goal away from Wayne Rooney's record, which would make his equal make her his equal, equal yeah. but she's playing against women. She's playing against women. That's a lot easier. <laughs> there, are, there are two issues that they come up with here, and one of them the Guardian address, which they try and genuinely address, which is that the score lines in women's games are often absurdly asymmetrical. They had one victory, which was 20 nil against yeah. Latvia. Have you ever seen a, a woman try and save a goal? I mean, last night or the night before, they beat Norway 8 nil, and she scored a couple of goals there. Yeah. Now, they have said, yeah, Rooney has scored some of his goals against San Marino and other kind of tiny sides where they do rack up a few, but these are excessive. But what they haven't addressed is that women aren't as good as men, and they just aren't. I mean, they just aren't are as good. Are we just talking about football? I'm sorry, but they, I'm sorry. Did you hear that? There was, there was an Australian <laughs> women's side who lost a thumpingly, like about 12 nil, to the under 15 yeah, boys yeah. side in and their in own America country, as well. You know, yeah. So they're just not as good. So it's an absurd thing to pretend that there's any kind of equivalent. And go, I, girl, go, I girl, go, Ellen. I feel this go is Ellen. like self-destructive. This, they're just trying to get ahead of themselves. Yes, encourage girls to play. It's great fun. Encourage girls to watch, and they have a hero, and then emulate them. <laughs> encourage girls to make pretend. sandwiches. That they're as good as and Wayne as, as every woman now turns off her telly. <laughs> <laughs> Why, I'm sorry, girls, go on your side. Over to the shopping channel. <laughs> Josh had his rant last night about Telford. This is the course I will That's all for part two. Coming up, we've got TikTok, turkey teeth and a terrible time to live in New Zealand. We'll see you in a couple of minutes.
Welcome back to Headliners with me, Simon Evans. I have Sajila and Kershi and Leo Kirst with me this evening, and we have Friday's Guardian now. It seems people are pushing back against performative acts of kindness. That's right. So a woman in Melbourne says she feels dehumanised after being filmed without consent for a random act of kindness TikTok video that went viral. So basically what happened was uh, somebody got a bunch of flowers and gave it to her, but like filmed her being handed the bunch of flowers, yeah. uh, which, you know, I, I read that and I was like, oh my God, like there's people, oh, this is really putting Telford into perspective, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> Jeez, like, you know, there's people really suffering in the world. But then, you know, her, reading her explanation, yeah. uh, she says he inter interrupted uh, my quiet time, filmed and uploaded a video without my consent, turning it into something it wasn't, uh, and he's making a lot of money off it. It's, right. you know, 60 million views, so she's, wow. she's got a point there. And also it's the patronising assumption that older women will be thrilled by some random stranger giving them flowers, which... Is this a genre, or is this just the one chap who does this? Apparently it's a, it's a genre. Right. People, you know, since social media was invented, or even before yeah. then, people were, you know, bragging about their, their sort of acts of kindness. Look at Bill Gates, for example. Yeah. So people, you know, film themselves, oh, look, I've just bought a pizza for this homeless guy, when obviously he just wants some heroin. Like That would be an amazing uh, TikTok if Bill Gates gave somebody 20 billion on camera, the concealed yeah. camera around the back, the bunch of flowers with the check tucked in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so she was, she was like led to believe that she just kind of won this bunch of flowers just by being a, no, like a... No, she uh, she was she knew she was being filmed and she was oh. handed this. So, you know, it was invasive. And then yeah. she had this bunch of flowers that, you know, she said it was a hassle to carry them back in the trams. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, you can overstate these things, but it is a bit cheeky, isn't it? Yeah. This kind of presumption uh, that you're the, the, the prankster and that you have the right to other people's privacy. So her name's Murray, right, and he didn't ask her permission. Right. He didn't uh, gain her permission to put it on TikTok. No. And effectively, I mean, it says she, she feels dehumanised. And I totally 100% with her. Yeah. And what a, an arrogant, you know, patronising thing to do. Like, oh, you know, you're an older woman, you, you probably don't get flowers, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Um, and, you know, I'm going is to... That, did up. he say that or is it, are we inferring... No, that, it, that I think it said somewhere, didn't it, um, Leo, about how... Yeah, it was yeah. It's a patronising assumption that older women would be thrilled by some random stranger giving them flowers. Yeah. Although, um, although what's interesting is The Guardian has given this far more column inches than they gave to the Telford Inquiry, yeah. which, you know, in the Telford Inquiry, they didn't have uh, identities, they didn't show mug shots, they, they tried to gloss over the, the horrifying truth that we, we all know is well, there. And yeah, yet I, I want mean... to bring in a nice story into this, which is like, <laughs> when I was young, when I was young and I was yeah. in a platform, do you remember the Impulse adverts? Yeah. where the guy used to like, yeah, smell yeah. the fragrance and, brought, and someone bought me a bunch of flowers and I didn't think it was creepy and I was filming it, but I just thought that was really weird. Why has he gone off? But then I was going to a girlfriend's house and I gave her the flowers pretending they were for me. Wow. And I think it's like that bottle of wine you get at parties. Yeah, just, yeah. It gets passed <laughs> around. Gifted, so yeah. it's probably the same the bunch flowers of flowers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pass it forward. Friday's Mail now, one of the more horrific consequences of our increasingly narcissistic culture, the desire for perfect teeth. Okay, I want to I want to start this off that yeah. I have I have like braces which they the producers made me take off because it makes me lisp. Okay. Uh, so uh, and, and now this thing is called it's about teeth, right? So it's yep. turkey teeth. I literally thought it was like teeth that looked like turkeys, no. but turkey teeth trend leaves Brits with dead teeth, abscesses and serious dental issues. So what that is is that going to Turkey, people are going to Turkey to try and get the perfect gnashes. You know, this is all the rage. Everyone wants to get white. So, like, so just to be clear, they're called turkey teeth because, because you turkey, go to Turkey. So it's like the Chinese flu. Yeah, so you go... You go to Turkey to get this procedure done uh, cheaper. Yeah. Um, and um, is it uh, Casey Price, uh, formerly Jordan? Uh, she's had it done. 
And what's happening there is instead of what they're thinking they're going to get is veneers, which is like little kind of, like, there she is, there's a photo of, uh, look, see, that's, they oh file is your teeth Price? down to stumps and then ah. put crowns on them. Yeah. OK, so that is not the procedure that these people are going. They want veneers, which is like they're just a little kind of clips on top. Yeah, but yeah. But she's, so that's Katie Price before and then oh, after. Oh, no, is that what she looks like? Is that what yeah, that's finished with the Yeah, that's with the crowns that she's had done. Now, the problem is, once you file those teeth down, you get infections, it go, you get abscesses, um, and people then have to go back to their dentist here in the UK to get this awful work kind of undone. So the Thanks people with are, my taxes, no <laughs> doubt, on the NHS. <laughs> on the NHS, all on just your taxes, nobody but, else's. Yeah. But there's mine, just, what, tick a box that say I just yeah. want it spent on fixing <laughs> just dental want, work. Just want but, Leo Curse's taxes but to go on my teeth, yes. But there's some positive uh, positive things. So Lisa, who's, uh, I mean, she's in pain, she's not, she's not been able to eat, but... She's lost two stone, so... Oh, there you yeah, go. There you yeah, go. So there's, you're yeah, a month to have or whatever. I, I, had a, I had a hair transplant in Turkey. Yeah. It was no, is it a place yeah. where everyone goes now for all these things? Because it yeah. used to be Thailand was a big place, and you would... It's incredible. There were hospitals with, like, five-star residential complexes attached. You would yeah. have a two-week holiday, basically. There was another comedian, I can't remember her name, but you probably know the one I mean. She was quite overweight, and she went out there, and she had, like... Massive liposuction, and then all the skin tightened up. Oh, and, really? Yeah, she paid a lot of money for it, but she saved it up less. When she came back, she, people just didn't recognise it. She looked totally different. But right. she'd had, like, a four-week holiday in, in, in Thailand as well. You know, yeah. she had the... Which well, does kind of sound like a good deal. Yeah, you can yeah, see yeah, I mean, you can't if really... It's, if it's done well... Yeah. By the way, does anybody else um, think of liposuction to Madness's song... Lip, lip or suction or lip... Okay, I just me, do just not do that. No, huh? no, no, just me then. No, I mean, funny <laughs> enough, I don't think I ever will. Lip or suction. <laughs> lip or fatty was... Uh, that wasn't madness. Lip or fatty. Yeah, that Which was... Which is also... Uh, what was it about? Was it about fat people lip or not? Lip fatty, fatty reggae. It, there, was, there was a one-hit wonder. He was Buster... Buster not Buster oh, was it madness? No, Bad Manners. Bad Manners. Bad Manners. Can we stop talking about music Friday, and get on with the show? Friday, the Scar, uh, <laughs> 1979. Friday's Times, and sounds like it's the night we called it a day on mobile phones at concerts, Leo. <laughs> oh, yes, this is music. I don't yeah. know if... I don't know if Bob Dylan's done a song about liposuction, but um, probably not, because he's quite skinny. But he's 81 now. I can believe it. He's announced details of yeah. an intensive British... Tour this October. He pretty much never stops touring, but uh, he's warned ticket holders that they will not be able to use their phones. I've no idea why this is a news story because lots of shows these days, mm. uh, you know, you can't uh, take take your phone in. Uh, so Madonna, Alicia Keys, Dave Chappelle. I went to see Dave Chappelle. So I know I know the guy who uh, runs the business. Right. Um, they, they put the phone. He's called Charlie, and he gave me free tickets for Dave Chappelle. Charlie. So, yeah, Charlie. If you're <laughs> if you're watching, please can I have free tickets. Charlie. Can I have free tickets for uh, for Bob Dylan, please? But uh, no. Great guy, and uh, what they do is they put the phone in a pouch, yeah. and then the pouch is like magnetically sealed or something, yeah. and then you keep your phone with you, but you just can't, you can't, and you can't open it. the pouch. You can't open the pouch. Oh, and that's you can't clever. Answer. I'm really with this, and I'll tell you why. I have no, I cannot believe that anyone would share content from a Dylan concert that would be of any interest to anyone else, <laughs> because you know we got there is so much Dylan content out there. But I do find it incredibly distracting when people yeah. hold up the screens because the screen is yeah. so much brighter than what's in front of you and more sharp. Yeah. You can't help just looking at their screen. Mm. And, it, and like, you're going to get terrible footage yeah, from filming yeah. it on your little mobile phone. It's they've got, they've so got big 4K cameras floating around the stadium filming it properly. You can buy the DVD afterwards yeah. if you want. Why? You just be in the moment you're and enjoy literally it. literally there. When is it ever going to be a better time to watch it yeah. than, than now when you're there? And it does, it just kind of... Really, I will also say, though, Bob Dylan's his last gigs, I know people who went to see him at Hyde Park with, with Neil Young and they said he was un, unlistenable. I mean, he, <laughs> he is really past... And I'm a huge... Dylan fan, but you have to recognise his voice is 
shot. Well, you might he just cannot play guitar anymore. He never had a good voice anyway. His voice was always terrible. He had one of those voices that redefined Ooh. what you could do with, like, a voice. Well, maybe, maybe in his case, you need the phones just so that you're distracted from the fact that he's very, <laughs> not very good. That. But Candy I was going to say, comedians are also doing it, so you might want to consider right. doing it on your tour, because yeah. Hannah Gadsby had it at hers, and it is much better experience. So you yeah. can leave a one-star review while ever. you're watching. The people but also, come you to don't my, want my people things. taping your material. Yeah, yeah. So well, yeah, because really, if somebody gets a phone out in a club, like, yeah. you, I mean, and it's crazy how people feel entitled to do it, yeah. but you can't open up and cross the line if you know you're being filmed. Yeah, because, no, that is true. You know, they could use that against yeah, yeah. you. They could post out yeah. of context yeah. and all of a sudden... That is more worrying than that they would nick, you know, material and put it online. The people who, are, generally speaking, come into my gigs, uh, you know, they struggle with mobile phones. <laughs> 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 but uh, anyway, listen, Friday's Times... Something we all know to be true. Students are sociopathic, immoral creatures, Sajila. They so think. one in six students admit to cheating an online exam. So um, even though COVID measures, you know, have kind of lifted, but uh, exams are still, uh, universities have chosen to sort of still do exams online. Mm -hmm. And overall, 52% of those surveyed said that they knew people who had cheated when taking a test online and 79% said they believed it was easier to cheat when, it, when not in an exam hall. What a load of snitches. You know what happens to snitches? <laughs> they get stitches, right? Um, but those I didn't know you were like a football casual. <laughs> yeah, no, those or are a substitute teacher. <laughs> <laughs> but those who admitted cheating said that they had, the, the way they cheated was they'd either messaged a friend use Google or ask their parents wow. to check answers before they were submitted. I blame um, who, who wants to be a millionaire. Yeah. They, they they, they, some of the universities have had measures put in. 37% of students at their universities had introduced measures to stop cheating, such as software that monitors uh, behaviour during assessments. But, you know, I mean, it's going to happen. It's not it's like... It's falling apart, isn't people, it? The, whole, yeah. the, old, the old ways of testing people are, are falling apart yeah. in all kinds of ways. And we did a story a few days ago. I don't know if either of you were on the panel. I don't think so where in India this was, there's like essentially uh, the mafia of making a fortune out of um, accessing exam papers mm. a few days beforehand mm. and selling them on and stuff, you know. It's, yeah, it's, it's and, very, and there's uh, essay farms where, yeah. you know, you can pay for somebody to, to write an essay. But I think if you've got the wherewithal and the organisational skills to actually outsource an essay... Uh, then you've probably got the, the skills to succeed in business. This is, this is what we say about the people who paddle across from Calais, isn't it? There comes a point <laughs> yeah. where you've got enough of those skills. Yeah, they're improving the British Olympic team. You know? Friday's Metro now, and, well, we'll let the headline speak for itself, Leo. Yeah, so a retired vicar has been put on the sex offenders register after he was caught getting intimate with a vacuum cleaner. So John Jeffs, 74, was wearing just a pair of ladies' stockings uh, and the vacuum's nozzle, apparently, which he was thrusting into when he was caught. Wearing by, it, I like he was, he was caught. Yeah, he sounds like a well-endowed man. Uh, he was caught by a churchgoer who was attending a talk about Asperger's syndrome. So, I mean, at least there was, at least there was no, at least there was no eye contact. Um, but yeah, like uh, he said that even though he saw them, uh, Jeffs continued pushing his groin towards the Henry Hoover, which is famous for its relentless and powerful suction. I mean, I don't know it was a Henry Hoover, so it goes against scripture. It wasn't a heterosexual uh, inter uh, inter vacuum cleaner relationship. Yeah. You know, he, he could have found a Hetty Hoover, which is the sort of feminine. Is that one? But yeah, there's a Hetty Hoover. I think they're really? the exact I think same. Yeah, there was a he there's, there's a Hetty, a pink, pink one. There's a Henry one and the Hetty. I know that. There must and be a non-binary one in the works by now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, to but satisfy. Either way, either way, poor Henry Hoover has now become inadvertently the, a part of the hashtag, hashtag MeToo movement. I suppose right. he is. I think there's quite... I admire John Jeffs, and I like the word they said, <laughs> caught in flagrante with Henry the Hoover. I admire I him. I think it means. In flagrante. Sorry. Yeah. 
It's, a, it's an island in the Mediterranean. In flagrante. That's flagrante. an Italian you, for... It does uh, mean what act. I think it is. Yeah, in the, flagrante delictio, yeah. Flagrante <laughs> is an island on the Amalfi Coast. Uh, they do amazing <laughs> sardines on the beach. But what I admire is that he doubled down. If you get caught in an act... Got like another that, Hoover. The worst thing <laughs> is to <laughs> panic... But it brought it in the court with him. You're like, <laughs> yes. You know. Also, yeah, he, he denied. He denied doing it and then somehow admitted it in court. It's almost as if he... I mean, I guess he's quite old. It's the, it's the it's, re- usually dr- third verse that's dropped from that shaggy song. It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he wrapped it up, maybe he was getting off on that, like a dogging type thing. Yeah. yeah. You've oh, got to be careful, though. Court, absolutely. You've got to be careful. Some hoovers have, you know, mechanical bits that can do you damage. So be, if you're going to try it at home, be just careful. be careful. And certainly don't stick it in the bit at the front that goes across the carpet. That would just, cool. with the spinning... Oh, with the little <laughs> brushes, yeah. yeah. Oh, my no, God. I would imagine now there are hoovers you can get with a special attachment, aren't there? I mean, there's ones you can do for doing down the back of the sofa and everything. Right. Well, there must be one that is just like... Don't tell John Jeffs about it. I think we've talked about it way too much that we need more. <laughs> Daily Star now. <laughs> Daily Star. And remember that guy that left his wife for a Ukrainian <laughs> refugee? We all saw his photograph a few weeks ago. He has now written a song about the affair. Yes, and some some leave the church for Henry Hoover's, but this guy left uh, for... So, so, so you, you, we know the story... Ukrainian um, bombshell. Uh, now, uh, you know, I left my missus for a blonde Ukrainian bombshell, and now I've recorded a rap song about it. Well, that's very thoughtful to your ex-wife, isn't it? Um, so basically, a Brit father of two who left his ex-girlfriend for the Ukrainian blonde. She basically mm. came over, which is 22 years old, uh, to live at Tony and Lorna Garnett's household in Bradford. Um, after fleeing the city of uh, Lviv, and um, a few days later, after wearing a few low-cut tops. Um, she and him ran off. And his so, wife is livid. Yeah, his wife's obviously... <laughs> that's, another, that's another turn she's in gonna Ukraine. Be, yeah, yeah. She's going to be even more livid when she finds out that this cheating scumbag um, has now decided to bring a rap song out. And he said, it's my message, direct to the people. People can come and take the full story that's direct from the soul. Hmm. I mean, he's obviously enjoyed his little moment in the sun. He just wants to extend it, doesn't yeah. he? But I suppose, on the other hand, rap is essentially about that, isn't it? It's all just endless. Yeah, you know, and uh, 300 quid from the Daily Star is 300 quid. Yeah, you know what I mean? that's right. But, yeah, I don't know, I don't know if they should be dis- describing it as a bombshell. No, that's that seems, the wrong uh, yeah. terminology to use. <laughs> oh, it's the Ukrainian anti-tank missile. In-laws. <laughs> 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 On to Friday's sun, and it seems, although skinny people don't struggle with greed, they do struggle with apathy, Leo. This is actually counter to what your suggestion was earlier, by the sound of it. Well, this, this article contradicts itself. So this article says that skinny adults are just skinny because, uh, because they eat much less, and they're actually lazier than the average person, right. which, which I, I think is a nonsense. So they say one in 25 people are super lean and struggle to pile on the pounds. I, I used to be like that. And up until now... Experts thought this lucky minority could eat whatever they pleased as they burned off the extra calories by being constantly on the move. Uh, But Aberdeen University researchers found they do a quarter less exercise than average, but they still have good heart health. Uh, So they believe that the the smaller size makes up for lack of exercise. But they found, scientists found they had higher levels of thyroid hormones burning more calories while while resting. So they are are burning burning off more. I suppose the question is, we talk about them as if they're skinny, as if that's a uniform bunch, but are they talking about skinny? Skinny or are they talking about lean? Because you can be muscly and lean, but if you're skinny, it just sounds like you're a weed, right? That's, those are two yeah. slightly different things. It's not quite clear to me which one we're, whether we're talking about anyone who has low body fat 
or well, just people who also have thin, less muscle as this well? This sounds like it was written by a disgruntled fat journalist who's sitting down. <laughs> You're definitely yeah, sitting down at a laptop. <laughs> just going, well, it seems to me. Yeah. <laughs> Drinking an 800-pound, 800-calorie iced coffee. Where's the proof that it, they're lazier? That's what I couldn't find where they're yeah. supposed yeah. to be. How, how is... Yeah, they Where's didn't, the proof, mate? They weren't clear this article that. is not... It's almost as if the sun isn't a reliable source no. of science. Professor John Speakman. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's making these up, isn't he? Yeah. I think he's, <laughs> writing, he's writing that rap as well. Yeah, we just spent... Yeah, we we, we well dispute that. We will uh, finish possibly with The Guardian and Jacinda Arden's Australasian Authoritarian Paradise. Yeah. May not be all the Lord of the Rings led us to believe it was here. Yeah, I never thought it was, it was that great. Anyway, so New Zealand has been ranked the second worst place in the world to move to by immigrants. Wow. I'm assuming the first place uh, is, is the UK uh, after, you know, the, the kicking it gets from the, from the Guardian. So, they, yeah, yeah, they um, looked at 12,000 respondents and Australia was ranked ninth best, but just, you know, just over the water, New Zealand is, is ranked very low. Why yeah, so, well, then? What's well, always, uh, apparently the cost of living is too high, the pay is too low, uh, although in its uh, in positive side, it's got good natural environment, climate and sporting yeah. life. But from my point of view, New Zealand is it's like Scotland. It's like a sparsely populated place, you know, with sheep farming, yeah. but it's got this incredibly authoritarian, autocratic government. So it's under... like Scotland. I think the it. thing, I mean, I have mm. been to New Zealand. I got engaged in New Zealand. I found it rather charming, but you did feel then, I don't know if it's the case now, this was long before Jacinda's time, it was about 50 years off the pace. You did feel, right. and it's quite nice, a bit like the Isle of Wight, you know, a couple of weeks of that, it's lovely. <laughs> but, you know, there were, there were sh like big department stores that had mannequins in the window with men just wearing a V-neck sweater with a nicely knotted tie. Right. You know what I mean? Like like something out of Happy Days or something. It was, yeah, yeah. You know, now I don't know if that's part of the... the, well, the that's changed. Oh, There's the, that's the, the, they're yeah. not there anymore. No, but I that wasn't it. that long ago. I would move ago. there. I would. Um, yeah, I would. I definitely would in my old age yeah. go yeah. there. I love a lot, it. Well, a lot of people have been moving, particularly to Australia recently, but over the last couple of decades, moving to New Zealand as well because, you know, better standard of life. And also, you're going to be free from... Uh, if there's a nuclear war, the, the nuclear fallout tends to stay in the hemisphere because of weather yeah. patterns. So the southern hemisphere oh. is the, the place to be. Maybe it's because everyone's moved there that they've driven up house prices and that's why it's so expensive now. I mean, obviously, yeah. you know, they, they, have, they have had a good 20 years in Australia yeah. as well. Well, that is all we have time for. Thank you to my guest, Leo Kersergi Lukersh. Thanks for listening to Headliners, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode again. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a nice comment. Speak to you at the same time tomorrow for the paper review that's never boring. 